Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala In the previous classes we spoke about the Arabian Peninsula before Islam, Arabia before Islam we spoke about the conditions of life, political conditions, social life and uh, the moral values and religious beliefs and practices of those in Arabia and in and around Arabia. We spoke about the city which was founded by Ibrahim alayhi salam, Mecca. We spoke about the Kaaba and the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam and his son Ismail. And we spoke about how they built the Kaaba and the Kaaba becoming a sacred place. We also spoke about how Abraha tried to invade the Kaaba and we spoke about Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet wasallam, and therefore we spoke about the lineage, the family of the Prophet wasallam. And in our last lesson we spoke about Abdullah, the father of the Prophet wasallam, marrying the mother of the Prophet wasallam, Amina bin Wahab, and the death of Abdullah and that's where we stopped. So this is our fourth lesson. We stopped uh, Abdullah dying after marrying Amina. We said that Abdullah, he went on a trade trip to Gaza and on his return, he fell sick in Medina. He stayed there with his relatives and he died there after suffering from illness for around a month. Now they said his dad sent him, Abdul Muttalib, sent him to Medina to get some dates and he died there in Medina. And it is said that he was around 25 years old. 25 years old. Therefore, as it's most commonly known, the Prophet ﷺ was born uh, without a father. He was born as an orphan. An orphan in Islam, as we know, is any child under the age of puberty without a father. Without a father. So the Prophet ﷺ was born in Mecca. And this brings us to what day he was born. There's many sayings regarding when he was born. We can safely say he was born on a Monday, which is in an authentic hadith when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about fasting Mondays. And he said, as is found in Sahih Muslim, that honor I was born and honor I received revelation, the first revelation. So he was born on a Monday in the Amil Fil, the year of the elephant, the incident we spoke about in the previous lessons. Some say 50 to 55 days after this great incident which caught the attention of the whole Arabian Peninsula and basically uh, showing how great and important Mecca and the Kaaba is that Allah protected it and therefore getting Mecca ready for the Prophet to come who was born only 50 or so days after this incident. And the most common month they say he was born وسلم, is in Rabi'a al-Awwal. Regarding the exact day, there's a big discussion, a massive discussion and really it's not so much of a big deal because no acts of worship are attached to it according to the Sunnah. But the most common and most popular saying is that he was born on the 12th of Rabi' al-Awwal. Other strong sayings are that he was born on the 8th of Rabi' al-Awwal. And some said the 9th of Rabi' al-Awwal, which some modern day researchers said that he was born on the 9th of Rabi' al-Awwal. Which works out to be around the 20th of April, 570 or 571 CE. So he was under the care of his mother and his grandfather Abdul Muttalib. And Abdul Muttalib was very happy with his birth and, and 
he was named Muhammad وسلم, and as was customary to the Arabs at that time as well he was circumcised on the seventh day and that's what's more authentic not that he was born circumcised and he was named and they had a feast in his honor uh, as was common with the Arabs as well and as it continued in Islam which we call the Aqiqah so now Muhammad وسلم, as was common in, in Arabia he went and lived in the desert in his early life but he had a few mothers from Rida'a. Thuwayba, who was the freed slave of his uncle Abu Lahab, and Halima al-Sa'diyya, the lady he went with in the desert with her family, and he brought a lot of blessings to her. Now, as we know, through Rida'a, you can have brothers and sisters. And the Prophet ﷺ had many brothers and sisters from Rida'a. It's mentioned from Thuwayba, he had a brother called Masruh, who was the child of Thuwayba, and he had a few others who were also related to him. They were also related to the Prophet ﷺ through blood and also through Rida'a. His famous uncle, Hamza, is his brother from Rida'a. And Hamza was around two to four years older than the Prophet ﷺ. And also his cousin, Abu Salama, radiallahu an, and they both became great companions. Abu Salama was also the brother of the Prophet ﷺ through Rida'a. As you know, Hamza became a Muslim and died at the Battle of Uhud and Abu Salama also became Muslim, a great Muslim and he died a short time after Uhud as well radiallahu anhuma. So his real name is Abdullah bin Abdul Asad. His mother is Barra bint Abdul Muttalib. Bint Abdul Muttalib meaning Barra, the daughter of Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet So she's the Prophet's auntie. And as we know later on as well, when he was asked about marrying their daughters, the daughter of Hamza and the daughter of Abu Salama, he said he is not allowed to do so because Hamza's daughter is his niece through Rida'a because the Prophet and Hamza were breastfeeding brothers and also Abu Salama's daughter, we wasn't allowed to marry her for two reasons. One of them being he's her uncle from Rida'a and the second one being he ended up marrying her Umm Salama عنها, after Abu Salama passed away. So he went out to the desert with a tribe called Banu Sa'ad. And the Arabs used to send their children to the desert for many, many reasons. Firstly, to allow their children to live in a free and healthy environment. Secondly, to learn the pure Arabic language, which at that time, the purest form of Arabic language was with the Bedouins. Thirdly, to strengthen them up, toughen them up, and, and, and to get them to learn horse riding and archery and the like. And he went with a lady, as we said, her name was Halimatu al-Sa'diyya. And she was from the Banu Sa'ad tribe. So he was under her care and he brought a lot of blessings to her, as was mentioned in the books of Sirah and the books of history. So after around two years, she took him back, but she wanted to keep him. She took him back to his mother, but she wanted to keep him because he brought her many blessings. The mother allowed and the grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, allowed to take the Prophet back. But when he was four, an incident happened. He was playing with his foster brothers and sisters. And we forgot to mention that through Halima, he had a few brothers and sisters as well. Abdullah, Unaysa, and Shayma. They were all, also his brothers and sisters from uh, Rida'a. So he was playing with his brothers and sisters. And an incident took place, which is recorded in Muslim. It said that Jibreel came down and opened the chest of the Prophet ﷺ and took out his heart. He then extracted, he took out a blood clot out of it and said, that was the part of, sh of shaitan in you. He washed it with the water of Zamzam in a golden tray 
and put it back in its place. Now, his young brothers that were playing with him there, and those who were with them who witnessed this, they ran to their mother and said, Muhammad has been killed. Muhammad has been killed. They rushed to him and found him to be in good condition, except that his face was pale. Except that his face was pale. Now Halima was worried and she took him back to his mother, which surprised his mother because she was so keen to keep him. Now this was known as the first time Muhammad's chest was opened. But is it the only time? As we shall know, it <coughs> happened another time. And that was before the Isra wal Mi'raj many years later. So now the Prophet ﷺ is back in the care of his compassionate mother. He was four years old. And when the Prophet ﷺ was around six, she decided, Amina, to go visit her relatives in Medina. And they have said she went to visit the grave of her husband in Medina. And she took with her Barakah, Umm Ayman which is what the Prophet ﷺ inherited from his father. She was a slave who the Prophet ﷺ freed later on. Now the Prophet ﷺ inherited from his father Barakah, Umm Ayman, five camels and a few sheep. That was the inheritance of the Prophet ﷺ. So who was still with him? His nurse and his caretaker, basically, Umm Ayman. And subhanAllah al on the way back, coming back to Mecca, his mother fell sick and she died at a place between Mecca and Medina, which was called Al-Abwa. So look, subhanAllah, the test of the Prophet ﷺ at an early age. Now a question that always comes up regarding the mother and father of the Prophet ﷺ is what's their situation? And pe- many people get emotional about it and they mention many unauthentic reports. In the authentic Sunnah, the Prophet ﷺ asked Allah to visit the grave of his mother and he was allowed to do so. And he asked Allah to make dua for her but he wasn't allowed to do so. So the ulama gathered from this that he wasn't allowed to make dua for her because she wasn't a Muslimah. That's one. The father of the Prophet ﷺ, a man, a companion came and asked the Prophet ﷺ about his own father, about that person's father, that companion's father. Prophet ﷺ said, huwa fin nar. said, your father's in the fire. And this companion got a bit emotional. And the Prophet ﷺ said to him, my father and your father are in the hellfire. My father and your father are in the hellfire. These are the authentic reports confirmed in the Sunnah. So all these other reports that you hear are either weak or fabricated and people get emotional and we are not in any way, shape or form belittling the Prophet because this is the authentic Sunnah and this is what we stick to. You hear reports like Allah bring back uh, the parents of the Prophet and they believed and they died again. You hear reports like that. We take the authentic sunnah. We don't let emotion get into place. And we know the Prophet's status is the greatest of all, of all the prophets and messengers. So now he's six years old, no father, no mother. And now he was under the exclusive care of his grandfather who loved him. And Abdul Muttalib was one of the most respected figures in Mecca. And he loved him more than his own children, more than the uncles of the Prophet. And he gave him special care and special attention. And he would say, leave my grandson alone. I swear by Allah that this boy will hold a significant position. It will be something. And then subhanAllah, a few years later, the Prophet ﷺ was eight. And the grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ also passes away. And he loved his grandfather, it's mentioned. And he passes away. And now he goes to the care of Abu Talib, who Abdul Muttalib advised or entrusted 
with Muhammad Sallallahu to look after Muhammad Sallallahu Now, Abu Talib and the father of the Prophet Sallallahu Abdullah, are four brothers, are four brothers, because Abdul Muttalib had many wives. But Muhammad Sallallahu father, Abdullah, and Abu Talib, the father of Ali, they're four brothers. Their mother, her name was Fatima bint Amr. Fatima bint Amr. And Abu Talib as well, he loved the Prophet Sallallahu He loved him and treated him even with greater care than his own sons. He gave him a special sitting position. And Abu Talib was one of the most respected figures in Mecca as well. And there are many reports regarding the care and affection of Abu Talib towards the Prophet Sallallahu One of them was that one day he lost the camel. He lost the camel and he sent out the Prophet ﷺ to look for it, who was a young boy at the time. And the Prophet ﷺ, he took a while to come back. He was delayed. And this worried him so much that when he saw the Prophet ﷺ come back with the camel, he basically made a promise that he will never leave him out of his care or sight again. He will never let him go anywhere except that he is with him and except that he sees him. And he loved him so much, it's said that he would not eat until the Prophet ﷺ ate and he had a special position and he would sleep next to him and sit next to him. The Prophet ﷺ, even from a young age, he had excellent qualities. He was loving, kind-hearted, and he had a beautiful personality. He was sensitive and compassionate, even from a young age, due to being an orphan. And obviously he felt what the poor and needy felt, because he himself went through that. So much so that even when he was younger, as a young teenager and a young adult, he earned the title of Sadiq Al-Amin, meaning the truthful and trustworthy one. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.